0: everybody. Welcome to Kathy's Wild Heart. Uh, we have changed the name of this podcast from what you are previously uh, newest as. It used to be let Shed Light On. Um, with everything going on in the world today, I think we're in a different reality than what we once were even uh, four months ago. And I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what I can do to sort of bring some common ground to the polarity that's happening around the world today. And I kept getting this um, very clear message from my father who has passed away. And um, at the time when I would hear it, I was always very, very resentful of it. And um, his message was to me, don't forget your raising, and don't forget where you came from. And those of you who might know me know that for years, I have really done my best to get away from that. Um, Not because I don't love where I came from or my family, but because I felt I needed to understand more, and I needed to see the world, and I needed to know people, and I needed to check out other philosophies, and I needed to explore. And I'm incredibly grateful that I did those things, and I've learned so much. Um, But I, I do miss a little bit of my raising and what I have found that is if we can get back to being a little more um, less complicated in life and learn to appreciate what nature has to offer and maybe get a little more in touch with our wild side, um, we can all kind of get back to an easier and a little bit more simpler way of life. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. We are going to meet with farmers and we're going to talk about the proper way to uh, grow a garden. And we're going to talk about how husbandry is done and the proper way to, um, to buy your meat today and to do it humanely and in a manner that our animals are treated well and that you're getting a good product when you decide that you that you want a steak or you want a hamburger. don't be irresponsible and just go to Walmart and, or any any grocery store for that matter and just buy something not knowing where it came from. Um, I want to bring a sense of awareness to the world and and let's, let's reconnect. So that's what this whole podcast is going to be about from this point forward. Um, and it may be random. It may be um, that we're talking to a hunter one day and we're talking to a farmer another day or maybe we're talking to someone who um does backpacking or hiking or any of those things and i want you to know that i'm coming at things from a little bit more of a liberal standpoint um but you know it stands to reason that my raising is not that and i want to uh, reconnect with my roots so here we are uh, my guest today is my big brother um my um, my big brother, who I love dearly, his name is Chris Keenum. Um, he is a wildlife expert by trade, actually, um, and he's he's a, quite an established hunter, a big game hunter. He's been hunting as long as I've known him, um, and I've known him forever. So um, Chris, welcome to Kathy's Wild Heart. I'm glad you took time to uh, talk to your little sis today.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So, a couple of questions. At what age did you start hunting?
1: I believe I started carrying a gun when I was eight. Uh, but my, you know, my earliest memories are, you know, I mean, are hunting. Uh, right. You know, I, some of the you know, I don't know, I'm losing I'll <clears throat> get started here in a minute, you know, I was thinking the other day passing a house where we used to live and uh I couldn't have been over five year old. And uh I remember the uh I, our old great uncle Buddy and Carl Jean and Daddy and them, you know, with a uh you know, a buck hanging in <clears throat> excuse me, hanging in the tree out there and uh I don't I just, I remember going to South Alabama when I was, you know, five-year-old with Daddy and them, Uh, but, you know, carrying a gun, uh, you know, going with them, but I was was probably the best dove dog there was when I was five, six-year-old, you know, Daddy'd shoot them, I'd go retrieve them, but uh, (laughs) but I I don't, I do not remember not hunting, so.
0: Well, you're six years older than I am, Mm. so um, my memories are... You know, I never remember a time in my life when hunting wasn't a part of our household. Um, And guns weren't, Mm. you know, were always a part of our household. And I remember I was, from the time I was probably seven until we left that house, Mm. you and I would uh, go walk through the woods all the time. And you would teach me things about um you know animals, hawks, owls, um, coyotes, all sorts of things. And, and I remember those walks through the woods and I think you had really just sort of gotten into trapping at that point um, because Papa Fred was a trapper. Um, but that's that's our upbringing. you know we had hunters and we had trappers in the family and um, you know so we we didn't know we didn't know different, no. right. So that's just.
1: That's. It, was, it was both sides. You know, we had uh, you know, Leonard and Larry, uh, you know, Daddy, uh, Aunt Papa Fred. You know, it was, uh, you know, if the brim were biting in Gunnersville, was somebody was head to Gunnersville. if it was, uh, you know, deer hunting Cherokee, we were, you know, uh, you know uh, Leonard, our other grandfather, he also trapped. So, I mean, it was just a, uh, uh, you know, and all of Papa's brothers, Howard, all right. everybody. I mean, we were just, was uh, just a way of life.
0: Right, we were real connected to to nature. We were real connected to the outside, especially their generation, yeah. much more right. than even ours. Um, did you know instantly that that would be an important part of your life?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything else. I mean, uh, I think when I graduated high school, I'd read two books, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, both of them were on you know hunting or animals or something like that. Now, now, you know, I've got a whole library now. I don't, but uh. You know, it it just, it it was a way of life. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if you say I got the bug or the bit, or, you know, they say it's in our blood. But uh,
0: but. I think when you find your calling, though, it it speaks to you on such a level that you know that's what you need Mm -hmm. to do or that's what you're going to do, or it comes naturally to you to do it. So I think for you, you know, that just always sort of unfolded that way. Now, for people like me, I'm in the yoga world, and it's um, it's filled with a lot of more uh, people who think, you know, we have to be, hunting's wrong, you know, we always have to, um, we're vegetarians, we're vegans, and all that sort of thing, and I've come and gone through those phases in my life, um, but I, I, you know, getting back to where I came from, I know there's a need for hunting um, for the animals themselves, so... Let's talk about that a second. What is the benefits for the environment to hunt?
1: Uh, you know, you hear all the stuff. I'm not going to get off on that. About overpopulation, you know, they throw all that junk in there. But, you know, it's, uh, you know I it boils down to this. I don't want to be long with you, but I had a good friend 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, the argument come about. And a guy was named Norman Harris. I think he lives in Dixon, Tennessee now. I hadn't talked to him in years. But it it was the greatest explanation I've ever heard. He said, uh, you know, these people talk about, you know, not hunting and everything. But you've got to have a value on things. They've got to have a worth. And if they don't have a worth, they don't have a value, then they don't exist. And uh, But I don't want to lose my track here, but Norman said, how many golf courses would they be if we didn't have golfers? Okay. And the same thing with wildlife. How much wildlife would we have if we didn't have hunters? Because hunters are paying the bill. Hunters, fishermen, outdoorsmen. Every time you buy the hunting license, the fishing license. I think some states now are actually requiring if you do anything on state parks, national parks, that you actually purchase a hunting fishing license because that money goes straight into the uh, you know to the uh, to the habitat to the uh, you know the the, the this the Gaming Fish Department, their studies, you know, all this stuff, the 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 you
0: know just preservation preservation of yeah. the
1: sport. You know, and the the hunters is what, you know, I mean uh PETA's not out here buying land. You know, the Ducks Unlimited has bought, you know, I don't say millions of acres, but they maybe have. I mean, you know, uh the Pittman robinson Act, you know, every time you buy a certain, you know, box of shells or something, a certain amount of money goes right back into you know, government funded, you know, purchasing of land and things like that. And, uh, you know, but the, these animals have a worth. Uh, you know, the white tailed deer, you know, it, I think it's like a, I don't hold my feet to the fire on these numbers, but, you know, the hunting industry is like an $80 billion a year industry. And, uh, you know, people are out there in the field and, you know, they're spending the money. And it's just a, uh, you know, I used to hunt Wyoming several years. You know, when you pull into Wyoming, you've got the banner across the street that says, Welcome Hunters, you know, and and those guys, like from Alabama and Texas and Wisconsin, were, you know, they were pumping thousands of dollars into those communities. And uh, I'm getting off into the economic part of no, it. No, that's but great. That's uh, part of it. But it's just the, uh, without the hunters, we, you know, we wouldn't have the refuges. We wouldn't have, you know, the preservations the preservation. that we have. I mean, yes. Yeah. You know, it's 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 it, but hunting is a tool. I mean, hunting's a way of life uh, for me. You know, and um, I just, uh, I mean, hardly a day goes by I'm not doing something. You know, checking game cameras or, you know, bush hogging a trail out over there or you know just uh, uh, you know working on my equipment. It's just it's my way of life: hunting, fishing, trapping. But you know, it's uh, but. It, it is a tool you know it's an you know for me it's a way of life but you know hunting is a necessary uh, element you know like i said we can talk about the overpopulation and disease and things like that and and uh you know I, we didn't touch on this but you know my nuisance wildlife control business you know i've you know i'm associated with all the uh, problem wildlife and i've you know and i get all the literature and stuff and i've seen places like uh you know new hampshire you know a certain county bands all trapping you know, and then you know, two years into that trapping ban, they're like,
0: "We need trapping." You know, yeah, we're
1: like, you know, all the roads are washed out from beaver damage, and you know, or you know, and the same thing, like you know, these you know, the yuppies come into the to Denver and Colorado Springs, you know, in the late '80s, early '90s, you know, they stopped the spring bear hunts, and you know, a lot of feel-good stuff. You know, now you got bears coming down in people's garages and. You know, you got mountain lions eating German shepherds, and yeah, well,
0: you a, know, I mean, from a from somebody and from a liberal standpoint, there's there's the people that are like, you know, we're taking over their land, right. you know, and we're 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 pushing them out, right. and they're you know, so we have to have a certain yeah. amount of respect for boundaries right. uh, when it comes to to where they are and and how they, you know, we we don't want to we don't right. want to do away, we don't want to push the wildlife out no. to where they have no place to go. Uh, but if you're going to move out in the woods, too, you're going to yeah. have to expect to see a bear or a mountain lion no. or those kind of things. And it's up to you to keep your dog up, uh, <laughs> you uh, know. But um, for some things, you know, I, 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 I completely, it's not that I could ever personally kill the animal, but I understand the need yeah. for regulation. Yeah. And it's needed, right? right. I mean, um, when you talk about the disease and the overpopulation, it's a true thing. You know, we're considered, you know, we're supposed to be stewards of this earth, right? Mm. So as a steward, there's a balance that we're supposed to keep. And and I think it was intended to be that way. We are uh, over the animal kingdom. We're intended to be. That's how God intended. Would you agree?
1: Genesis one twenty six.
0: See, there you go. Good job, (laughs) brother. So we are intended. That's we're intended to be stewards of this world, of this earth, and the animals among it. That was Adam's Mm. job, right? Right. So it's that balance. We need to be respectful of the animal Mm. kingdom, but at the same time. We can't be over empathetic to a point that we allow them to suffer as well.
1: Uh, You know, it's. I feel the same way. You know, like the Everglades. You know, all these. You know, draining all this land. You know, this. You know, what that does. You know, that filtering all the water. You know, it has a purpose. All that grass. You know. Yeah, it's a balance. It's a balance, and you know, and to, to drain all this for subdivisions and. You like know, we need I, more. Like we need, you know. Yeah, you know. I'm a hunter, and you know, it aggravates me. You know, a lot of the uh, uh, environmental destruction. You know, but then on the other hand, I, I used to get this question a lot when my nuisance wildlife business. When I'd give talks, and people always want to know, are we encroaching? Are we taking? Is that why? You know, and I and yes, in some ways, you know, like I was talking about the Everglades and things like that. But then again, you take a uh, we're here in North Alabama, and you cross the river, north side of Tennessee River. You got all those cotton fields in Madison County. You know that hundred acre cotton field isn't habitat for crap. I right, mean, it's, some corn snakes, yeah, bow weevils. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's nothing. But you get a contractor comes in there, and uh, he builds two hundred houses on a hundred acre cotton field, and. You know, within five years of these houses being completed, you've got you know you've got cat food, dog food, bird feeders, koi ponds, sod yards. Then you've got all these uh, attics and crawl spaces that are denning. You know, and you all of a sudden you've got more. You've got deer eating in the uh, yards. You've got raccoons You know, so that hundred acre cotton field was no habitat, but suddenly it's all attractive. of a sudden two two hundred houses. People don't think of being environment, but it's uh that's what happens the animals move in and uh and uh you've got more wildlife there than you ever did with a cotton field so but that's not you know hunting land or anything like that but it's it's uh it's i don't know what i'm trying to say it's funny there but but
0: it it is like with our development with our growth uh, and and people think you know well and and you you made a good point the cotton fields it's not like we're deforesting anything or we're draining the everglades to build whatever that's that's a good point. Well, you know, there's a need for regulating that for people to live yeah. there. And, and we're growing, you know, yeah. so that I, I get that.
1: But things is changing. You know, when I'm 55-year-old, I'm and, uh, you know, when I was a kid in the 70s, uh, landscaping was mow your yard and trim your holly bushes. Right. You know, we didn't have weed acres, You know, I mean, so, I mean, that, now these people, you know, they have the koi ponds. They have, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know the moth about you know and and uh you know and all these ladies now I used to get all these ladies you know what's what's going on you know and I'm like you know you've uh
0: you're attractive. you know the
1: sod yard you've got you know all these uh you know grubs and things and you got moles now and then you got armadillas digging for the grubs and you know you've got uh snakes laying eggs in the uh in the bark you know I mean you've you know we the things we are doing are encouraging wildlife right up into our doorstep you know that's so, true. But, uh, you know, you didn't, a lot of this problem didn't have in the 70s, like I said, when you trimmed your holly bushes and mowed your yard, you know. See, I,
0: this is good because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think a lot of people get that. They, they just don't. think they're developing their property mm-hmm. and it looks pretty and they don't get why. They you don't know, understand the why. Yeah, I get so these
1: that uh, won't we'll know why they got a coyote or a great blue herring on their, co- you know, but you created a botanical garden in your backyard, <laughs> you know, you know like, kind of like Field of Dreams. You build it, they'll come. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that herring's like, cool. A little, <laughs> a, a really fat fish yeah. in a pretty little pond. Well, Easy. Pickens, all right so for a lot of people they you know i think they have the wrong idea of hunting i think a lot of people think it's more um there's just the sport of killing something and that's not what i grew up Mm -hmm. with that's not what we were raised to believe i know that um anytime dad or you killed something we were we ate it um it was it was food and so is it among hunters like like real hunters, is it considered unethical to just kill something and leave it there?
1: Oh yeah. I mean you're just a you know, scum of the earth, you know. It's and hunting's changed a lot. You know, it's a, you know, here in the Alabama South we got the image of the you know, just the guys riding around the truck swigging on a bottle, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, shooting whatever and you know, and 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 hunter, hunters go through different stages. You know, when a guy's 15, 16-year-old up to these, you know, sure. they, they're, they're into numbers, you know. You know, they want to kill as many deer as they can kill that year. And, and two, I mean, you get a bunch of young kids. Uh, when I say kids, you know, 17, 18-year-old, they're, you know, crap. Sowing their oats. We're all going to do stuff, you know. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't say, you know, we, shoot, we'd shoot. kill anything with hair on it when I was, uh, you know, growing up if it was a deer. But... I don't know, last year I may have passed up, you know, 20 bucks before I killed the four bucks I killed. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, you know, what was I saying?
0: <laughs> well, we but, were talking my, about my, how, you know, it's unethical, unethical just to leave it. Right, but, yeah. you know,
1: in a lot of states, it's called wantum waste. Uh, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, nobody likes to see it. I mean, I hear guys, you know, they'll... I mean, it really pisses people off, you know, people around here will have a pasture or something with no road that goes into it, you know, and somebody, uh, uh, you know, night hunting, everybody out here hates night hunters, you know, and, uh, you know, they kill a deer, they cut the behind quarters and the backstrap out, somebody finds the, you know, doe with a bullet through her head with the, you know, the, you know, all the shoulder meat, the neck, you know, just they cut out the best parts and leave her laying and, you know, it just, uh, it really pisses people off, but. And it's just like in everything else, you know. You have got bad lawyers, you got bad cops, sure. you got bad hunters, you got uh, bad politicians, bad doctors. You know, yeah. those, you know, but don't. And that's the problem we're having today. You know, everybody wants to generalize. You know, one bad apple. Right. You know, everybody's an asshole. You know, and it's not right. that way. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on your that's podcast.
0: <laughs> it's all good i just want people to understand that overall uh, the people who honor the sport of hunting or the the trade of hunting that it it's it it, to me if i were a hunter it would be a sacred act right so if i took the life of something i would need to honor the fact that that i i i did this for a purpose that i i appreciate what what you gave to me in this, and I'm going to honor it, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to use it to nurture myself. Yeah. Sort of like saying the blessing or giving Winter. grace, the way the American Indians yeah. did it in the day. You know, if you take a life, you need to honor the life that you took, and you don't just leave it laying out yeah. there. And I think people need to understand that there is a, a code, an honor code, yeah. among hunters in general, yeah. that they're not just killing things for the sport of killing it they're they're doing something that is um age old. Yeah. It's age old and and it's it's it was what we were evolved to do and it's it's not wrong if it's done properly and you honor what you did. Yeah. You don't just discard it like that life meant nothing.
1: No, it's it's serious business, you know, and and we this is a hunting community here. I mean, these guys around here get after it pretty hard and you know, and I, I, I'm not saying just numerous, but, you know, several times, you know, I've had guys call me up and say, hey, you know, Daniel just, you know, put an arrow through a doe and we lost her. Can You know, it'll be half a dozen guys that'll go, no horns involved, no big rack, nothing. But, you know, you'll have five or six guys out there for Looking hours for. trying to find that doe. And, yeah. uh, you know, I say that doe, that deer. And uh, numerous, numerous times, I can't tell you, we've gone back... You know, somebody make a bad shot or something, and you know, and I mean earnestly for uh,
0: for the know, sake for, of the animal. For the sake, you
1: know, you don't want it to waste, uh, right? And uh, you know, I've only lost probably two deer in my life, and uh, I mean, it made me sick. I mean, yeah. it made me sick, you know. Yeah. And uh,
0: and I think it's important for people to understand yeah. that that this isn't just about the kill. It, that there's that there's a it's there's a sacred yeah. act sort of involved in it, and I think that might soften some people to the understanding yeah. of it. So when you talked about bow um, hunting, what's your preference? Do you? I think you prefer bow hunting. Am I right?
1: Well, my shoulders are pathetic now, but uh, I, I just prefer being out there. Uh, I just soon now take you and watch you shoot one. Yeah. Uh, but that, I've killed deer with recurve compound handgun, <laughs> shotguns rifles what's, muzzleloaders. what's
0: your favorite thing to hunt with
1: you just can't beat sitting on a deer stand the first week of december with my old 7 mag i mean that's just that's people may think it's easy but that's just it's tradition it's what i've done you know that same gun for 30 years and you know that's if I had to pick what I was going to do, you know, one week out of the year, it'd be that. So,
0: It's yeah. funny you say that. I, I have a friend, and she's she's a very good friend, but she's very much a peace-loving hippie. Yeah. And she's a beautiful person. But uh, we were talking about hunting, and her youngest son has gotten real, really into hunting. And we were talking about that. And she's like, you know, one thing I have to say is it's changed my son. Yeah. Because we took a, a, a boy that really never appreciated nature. And now he can't wait to watch the sunrise. And he wants to be out there before the sun rises so he can watch the sunrise and see the dew on the grass. And she said he has found a peace that he never knew before. And I think that's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many of us that just don't get outside We don't get outside, you know? So, you know, you can knock hunting all day long if you want to, but I I guarantee you a hunter is a hundred times more connected with nature Mm. than the people who are saying they're preserving it Mm. that never really get out in it, right? So, And you understand animals and you understand how they work and how their lives live. And so that's the connection i mean that's that's a connection that a lot of people will never have. You can protest it all day long, yeah. but you may not understand what that hunt that connection that hunter may have with his surroundings yeah. well, so in a way that's beautiful
1: well Allison can tell you my wife she uh you know i mean i've put you know I've put years into this you know i've uh, and I'm not bragging by no means, but you know my business has allowed me to uh, i practically hunt every morning of deer season i mean i hunt till 8 8.30, 30 come home change clothes and get in my truck go to work and uh and i have put hours and hours of, of study into what i do you know, they can laugh or whatever but you know but i'm not bragging but i have i have guys who call me for advice yeah, they're like hey what are we doing you know what are you seeing what are you doing and uh you know what have you found if you noticed any sign, you know, like rut activity, and you know, and and people can laugh at me, but I've got it. I've got it down to the days. You know, I've uh, well, in the right. last four years, I've killed my best, but you know, I've killed three on December fourth and one on December second in the last four. I mean, I'm gonna kill a deer. You know, those days in December. I mean, i have and I'm not calling out just kill a deer. The deer I'm looking for. Right. And, uh, you know, and you don't just. You don't just do that willy-nilly. I mean, that, that's comes from years of, you know. I know the experience. The, you know, this weekend after Thanksgiving, my butt's gonna be in the stand till about December fifteenth. Every day I can because that's, you know, that's.
0: But there's a there there's a big part of you, I think, that even though you enjoy the hunting, your your soul has to be outside. You can't be, you're not somebody that you, I could never in a, a million years see you in an office mm. or behind a desk or subjected to have to mm. be in the house. I think that would be the thing that drove you yeah. over the edge.
1: Yeah, I mean. We would have
0: to put you in a tree house somewhere <laughs> out in the forest somewhere and give you like a bird's eye mm. view of everything because... And I appreciate that. I don't have as much time as I would like to. And that's something Doug and I are working on is having more time outside, walking through the woods, um, spending more time at the beach, whatever it is. But as a society today, if everybody would get their butts out, out of their house and out of their office and actually go be a part of nature... I think a lot of these problems we have would probably go away because we would commune and and we wouldn't need all the crap yeah. that we feel we need to have today. So I can appreciate the the need to bond with nature the way you do. So in a way, I envy that a little bit. Um, another question. Uh, have you found that there are more female hunters today than, say, 30 years ago?
1: Oh. Now I'm I'm a lone wolf. I mean I'm by myself ninety percent of the time, so I don't uh, really have a hunting partner per se anymore. But uh, you know, Gray, my son goes. Uh, got a couple of kids from church I spend time with, but uh, personally, you know, I. But I know these young guys, and there's, and I see it in these uh, these guys, like twenty five to thirty year old man. I'm seeing a. Uh, you know, my buddies, you know, 50, 55, 60 year old, I'm like, you know, did you, uh, you get after them this year? How'd you do? And Chris, i just not as mad at those deers. I used to, the, the passion's gone. You know, it's uh, the fire's gone. They might go Thanksgiving or opening day or something, but, you know, I go every day. And, uh, and for me to find that uh, desire that I have, I've had to go back to these guys that are like 25 27, 28 right, year old right, right. you know one just left while ago you know uh, left the house here I think he's 27 28 but my age group the majority of them just don't get after it but anyway I said, but I've noticed with them their young wives are right in there with them okay. you know and I'm seeing the uh, fishing hunting and, and they, these guys have a passion that I'm you know hanging around that are younger and uh but their their wives are right in there with them and uh and well gray you know he's uh he's dating a young girl uh and he actually bought her a bow the other day for her birthday so uh you know she's she says she's going hunt with me and him you know bow hunt with us this year so tickled to death so
0: that's good i think there are i think there's more women um that have an interest we have an aunt that's a big hunter um kind of. <laughs> yeah. she's pretty good from she keeps what I my say. phone yeah,
1: yeah. she uh, keeps my phone lit up during hunting season yeah yeah no it's fun i mean it's funny you know we went all these years i mean love her and we've always talked but it's just uh i mean and, and she's good i mean she knows she's what she's good. talking about yeah. you know and i went i went down to her deer camp with her a couple months ago and was uh was going down metal detecting, but uh, we also, we carried to AR in case we shot, you know, some hogs, and uh, every time we'd get to a rise, she'd dismount from the side to side, and, you know, she'd throw that AR up on her hip and walk up there, you know, scanning for pigs. I thought, this is hilarious. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but she she's great. She handled the gun good. She, you know, and it's I, I wouldn't mess with her, yeah. People's movements, you know, you see people that are comfortable in a hunting scenario or a hunting situation, you know, people that... And I, you know, she's just a natural, I guess. You know, because we come from the same bloodline. But she's, uh, I mean, she, you know, she handled that AR and just, you know, knew what she was doing. And I, I was just, I was proud of her. So
0: yeah, I'm proud of her too. You know, everybody's all about these women rights. Well, you uh, know, you know, pick uh, pick it up, give it a shot, see how it goes, right? But,
1: but personally, I haven't. But I see that the t- statistics on the, uh, you know, on the social media and stuff, and you know, and you can't pick up a, uh, you know, hunting magazine now without them. You know, having a voice. A voice, and it's great. I mean, I yeah. say, you, know, you know, and uh, through my business, I was associated with the uh, USDA guys down at Auburn University and uh, Frank Boyd and Jim Armstrong, and they were professors down there. I guess you call them professors, but they were, and uh, you know, they'd done the wildlife right. section down there. You know, wildlife control stuff, and uh, and we talked about it one day, and they said, you know, the young females coming up were, you know. Uh Well, if
0: a woman wants to focus on something, she certainly can. So, um, you know, I think women rising in the hunting field may be a good thing. Just guys look out when you're out in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go with your wife, maybe. Um, I'm joking. All right, so give me a funny story. Give me a funny hunting story. Oh, boy. I know you have a few.
1: I don't know if I can tell some of them on the radio or whatever it is. (laughs) Sure you can. Uh, it's all adults. The f- funniest happened to me, real quick, I'll just say, I I'd, I'd shot a young moose. I was in Newfoundland and uh, had a young moose on the ground. He was dead. And uh, my guide was gutting the moose, and uh, the, they called them deer flies, moose flies. They called them moose flies. We call them deer flies. I mean, they were just, God, they were sheets of them, you know, just yeah. thick. And uh, my guy, Stan, he's bloody up to his elbows, you know, gutting this moose. And uh, in Newfoundland, they only have 25 letters in the alphabet. They don't use the letter H. Like the Humber River is the Umber River. I didn't know that. They don't use they, There's an old joke that says uh, there's this guy trying to paddle his boat up to the dock and every time he'd get close he had two women in the boat with him and he'd get close to the dock and the wind would blow him back and this guy on the dock said if you'll hand me one of you oars i'll hold the boat steady he said they're not oars one's my wife and the other's my sister <laughs> <laughs> so so they they just don't use the letter h gotcha. so all right so uh, so anyway staying standing and man the the moose flies are just all over his head and his, you know and he's like chris get the flies off of me so i've got these meat bags you put the you know hindquarters and stuff in so i'm brushing stands back off in his head you know trying to keep the flies off of him while he's working on this deer and uh he's chris get the flies out of my air well i start flipping his ears you know and he looked at me kind of funny. And uh, so he goes back to working on the moose. And I can see him with his shoulders trying to rub his ears. And, Chris, get the flies out of my ear. So I flop his ear again with my hand. And anyway, he didn't say anything. About the third time, he said, Chris, get the flies out of my ear. So I take my finger and run my finger in this guy's ear. We're like 35 miles by bush plane back in the middle of nothing. So I'm running my fingers in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me like, what in the world? So he tried to go back to uh, working on the moose. And finally, he you know, he said it again. He finally takes one of those meat rags and rubs his uh, blood and everything off his arms and hands. And he said, I said my damn air. And he starts uh, running his fingers through his hair all the uh, flies. Oh. I thought he was saying ear. And i have not run my finger <laughs> off in this guy's ear in the middle of the uh, tundra up in Newport. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I was about
1: twenty-five year old, and I.
0: Since he got lost in translation, uh,
1: yeah, there, that, right? Yeah, he, uh, but that's what everybody. thought. The other, we got back to camp, and he told the story on me, you know, and uh, so. And that's good. But I may not be funny, but so I know always,
0: the dialect that, yeah. to where you're at, right?
1: Oh, it was hilarious. Like I'd say, uh, "Look at that caribou over on the other side of that creek." Well, creek to them was a brook, right? Uh, it, it, you know, and yeah. I, I've had that before. I had a, a Mexican guide in Southwest Texas. He spoke no English. I spoke no Spanish. We rode around in a seventy-three Bronco half cab for two or three days, but we Y'all ma- figured we it out. It right? We made it work. We made it work, man. So, so
0: uh, uh, where's your favorite place you've hunted?
1: Uh, Alaska was just breathtaking. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Wyoming, there's just something about Wyoming that just. Uh, I'd love to the, go the there. The way the the way the air feels on your skin, just the, uh, you know, the big sky. Uh, uh, they've all. I've hunted South South Florida in the swamps. I've hunted Colorado. Florida uh,
0: in the swamps does not it, sound <laughs> fun to me. It was
1: it was nasty, but yeah. Was, uh, you know, but I've I've been blessed. Uh, I've hunted New Brunswick, Newfoundland, Alaska. I think about eleven different states, uh, and they—they've all got their, uh, you know, yeah. different. But I, I yeah. but you know, the, my my, you know, your old saying, my favorite hunt's the next one. So
0: right. So what's your, um, what trophy are you the most proud of?
1: Oh, I've got a, got that. I've got a one fifty five whitetail. Uh, I killed with Daddy in Kentucky. Uh, probably that I mean that was just a uh, I didn't want to go with him okay. I, I had two days off I just started a new job and had two days I had acquired and we were in a new club in Hell County and I was going to go down there and hunt and uh, he put the guilt trip thing on me he said you always ask me to go out west and I never go he said you know you need to go with me on this hunt and I'm like crap you know so I said yeah I'll go so I'll go up there with him I'm there 30 minutes and I killed the uh, 19th biggest deer killed in Kentucky that year. Did
0: he get anything? did get oh, anything. Oh, it killed him, oh, didn't it? Came. It, and he, it told every, him, yeah. and he told
1: everybody he'd give me the stand and uh-huh. all that crap. You know how he was.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> he had to have a part in yeah, that somehow.
1: Yeah. No, he was proud of him. Proud. Yeah. Oh, you know, he took the horns, you know, to work and all that. But you know, but yeah, he said, uh, "I gave him that stand that morning, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff." But uh, that's. Funny. But it was a uh, that was a good day. But you know, he's. You know, I, that, but uh
0: it brings meaning to your life yeah was,
1: yeah and it's not about you know the trophy people I've got a room full of stuff back there I'm proud of it you know and it's it's a and what I am I'm a uh, I am I do not mean to take over your show but I'm a
0: that's what we're here for. I'm going
1: I'm a participant I'm not a, a spectator yeah and uh I played high school football I'm not Al Bundy or nothing but uh When football was over, I tried to go to a football game to watch my teammates. You know, the juniors guys came up the next year, and I was miserable. I was miserable. I was sitting in the stands, and I want, you know, I want to be on the field. And uh, and uh, I realized then that I was a participant and not a spectator. I don't watch. My wife watches more college football than I do. I don't. I never have watched the pros.
0: You were okay with letting go of your glory days. Oh, yeah,
1: that was, that was, but that's why I think the, uh, you know, I've got, I've got, that's why my hunting, my fishing, my arrowhead hunting, my micro, I mean, I, you know, I'm chasing minnows and, and you know, in creeks, uh, but it's a, uh, and that's one thing, it's a, it's a participation. It's a, I'm, it's, I'm not, it's not me against them, but it's a personal, Uh, accomplishment you know something I'm doing and you know and
0: uh, well I think anything you're that invested in it's sort of a form of uh, meditation like for me I you know I don't really like watching people do yoga but I love to do it I love to do it and there's times that I really don't even think I want to do it that day but then I start doing it and I'm like this is why I love doing this here because it connects me to my soul So I can imagine hunting and being in nature and communing with that is a soul connection. It's a guide connection.
1: I feel. I mean, I think I've got to do it. I yeah. mean, I. You know, I'm no know Elsa. Knows I get itchy or you know about August, September. You know, it's. Uh, it's time. It's time for me to and uh, and she's never. You know, I do my thing. Uh, she's a pretty you know. smart gal. <laughs> We just, uh, but she's never said no. You can, you know. And I don't go, you know. I, I don't go. You know, we go to church on Sunday morning. I don't hunt on Sunday right. morning. And you know, if we've got a doctor's appointment, I'm not going. You know, ditch right. a doctor's appointment to go hunt. I mean, you know, you got to have your priorities. But sure. I, you know, but I, it's something I. I don't know. It's crazy, but I feel like I have to do it. I mean, it's just it's just a way of life.
0: Sure. So, well, um, I know I could personally I don't know that I could kill an animal personally um, but I feel hunting is a skill that humans should never lose yeah. and I really mean that we should never lose that ability because um, it, it's it is the nature of our survival in my opinion yeah. um, we we are hunters and gatherers that's the human race, right?
1: Right, if you uh, I don't mean to take over again but you know i don't uh i mean i'm not gonna sit here and tell you we hadn't high five you know my boys will knock a deer down or something you know and you get excited but if, if you don't have some kind of remorse some kind of connect some kind of you know i don't know i've killed close to 100 deer i don't know how many different big game animals i've probably killed over 100 big game animals uh, moose caribou mule you know and you should i think if if you get so cold-hearted you don't feel something for taking you know a big game uh, you know i think you i don't say you need to quit but it's uh not ought to
0: reflect to on reflect it. on it i mean yeah.
1: it's uh it's serious business it's an emotional sure. uh I'm not gonna say. You know, I remember the first deer I ever shot. You know, I'm like, you know, it was a, you know, this is a big game, man. This is not like a squirrel. This is not right. like a rabbit. This is something a mite
0: could kill a squirrel.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> you yeah, know, but you're talking, you're talking something that's the size of a human. You know, right. it's a. I've read a lot about it. You know, and stuff. It's a, and not everybody's cut out for it. I know a lot of people have, have killed one deer and just that's enough and, enough and quit and, uh, you know, but. Uh, it's.
0: I don't. Um, I, I personally, don't, I couldn't do it, but I think the people that do it and they have the reverence that, yeah. that, that I feel yeah. we should have as the higher species, yeah. then um, I don't necessarily, and it's done within the rules and, and it's ethically done. I don't personally have a problem yeah. with it, um, but I think people do need to, hunters need to realize, they are, even though it's not a human life, it's a God-given yeah. life. And it it deserves a quick kill. It deserves a painless death, and it deserves to be honored.
1: Well, you know, and all hunters that practice what you're calling fair chase—that is the—that is the philosophy. That is like the, you know, the rules. You know, exactly. There's not a guy out there that, you know, that buys his license every year that, you know, that goes down and works on his deer camp that you know that puts all that that, you can't tell me there's not a guy that doesn't have that yeah you know they don't want anything to suffer they want to make a good clean kill they uh you know that that's that's just the way these people feel now you know if you've got somebody out here just uh you know, shooting 200 yards across a guy's cow field, don't care. You know, we, right. we don't want this guy. We don't right. need this guy. That's you trouble. know, you need to police your own ranks, you yeah, know. Yeah, I and, believe
0: that's trouble. If, for me, nobody would want to take me hunting. If no. I killed something, we would have to light candles. <laughs> We'd have to have a prayer <laughs> ceremony. Well, you need to read the, uh, <laughs> you
1: know, European hunters, they still, uh, they like garnish uh, a greenery and the sort of like the pagans, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, It's it's serious business over there. Yeah, uh, no, I
0: could see that. I mean, that would that would that would, you wouldn't want to take me. It would no. I mean, I
1: I, I thank the Lord ever ever deer hits the ground. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm just you know I'm thankful to be out there. I'm thankful for the experience and and I tell you, I mean, I've been on some hunts that uh you know I didn't you know uh, last two years of Kentucky have been pretty much flops. You know, but still I wouldn't trade it for nothing you know yeah. it's not but and it's not always about me you know my i've been on some hunts with my sons of, you know yeah, stole, i think it could know, be great bonding bond, for you know, family just,
0: and things like that sure you know. time spent together well i i do believe in order for our species to survive and, and and evolve you know because we're going through changes now and we don't know where those changes are going And hunting and farming and gardening and all those things, I believe, are skills we're going to need to get back Mm -hmm. to. Uh, We're going to need to learn to honor and maintain certain things and sort of get back more to a human element. And everybody talks about this matrix. Get your ass out of the matrix and go outside and be a human as we're intended to be. I also love that, like I said, it gets people deep into nature and forces you to sit with yourself. Mm -hmm. And you got to admit, when you're sitting up in a tree stand or you're sitting somewhere waiting for something, you think about life and you sort of sort through things and you start to prioritize. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in that sort of quiet and you're in God's country, that's the place to sort through things, right? And things that seem so complicated before you got out there seem to make sense. And, and maybe that's where you commune, and maybe that's where you pray, and maybe that's your church, and maybe that's all of those things. So, brother, I love you. Love Thank you for your time. Um, everybody, just kind of take this for how it settles with you. We're supposed to find common ground. Everybody today is so polarized. Get your head out of your own ass and start to think about someone else's perspective and and just give it give it a chance. Um our next podcast will be in Florida. Hopefully I can find us a deep sea fisherman that I can have a salty talk to. Um, and that ought to be fun and um, I'm hoping to do that. I'm gonna make some connections down there and see if maybe I could talk to someone. But we're also gonna talk to a local farm here in Hartsel sometime in August about ethical treatment of animals for uh, meat, meat sources. So we've got a lot of things in the works. If you have ideas for me, please feel free to shoot them my way. This is a new thing that Doug and I have going. Um, And I think it's really needed. Uh, We need to quit talking about uh, how different we all are and how wrong everyone is and just try to start to find some common ground and start to get more um, in nature. So we are going to sign off. Thank you all so much for your time. And um, until next time.